History with Jackson podcast. Hello and welcome back to the History of Jackson podcast and welcome to our Gloucester History Festival special series. Now, this year we've had an exciting opportunity to cover some part, some small fraction of the Gloucester History Festival and we will be bringing that content to you in a couple of special episodes. Now, the Gloucester History Festival is an exciting event where history unfolds in one of the most historically fascinating cities in the UK. This year's festival theme is Quests and Curiosity, and over the two weeks from September the 2nd to September the 17th, 2023, it offers an impressive array of over 150 events, starting off with Gloucester Day celebrations and including tours, talks, heritage open days, exhibitions and the intriguing Blackfriar Talks. This year, the Blackfriar Talks feature more than 100 of Britain's best-known historians, broadcasters and authors. These thought-provoking discussions take place over the course of nine days within the impressive medieval venue of Blackfriars Priory. Now, if you're feeling you've missed out on one experience the festival, don't be worried as the festival returns next year for the spring weekend, taking place from Friday, April 12th to Sunday, April 14th, 2024, and again in autumn 2024 from Saturday, September 7th to Sunday, September 22nd, promising even more historical insights and adventures. So if you've missed it this year, be sure to plan ahead to come along in 2024. Now, without further ado, here is one of our episodes of the Gloucester History Festival special series. Hello and welcome to the History of Jackson podcast. Today, we're talking to Nicola Tallis, all about her talk today here at Gloucester History Festival, History Festival even, it's a mouthful, uh, on one of my favourite historical figures, Margaret Beaufort. Thank you very much for coming on today, Nicola. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you, Jackson. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I feel like we're friends already yeah. because of what you've just said about Margaret. No, I'm really excited to talk about Margaret and to, to hear you talk about Margaret later. So I just want to ask you, and I ask this for all our, our guests on the podcast, what was your inspiration for your book and talk? Um, well, with the book, I think it was the fact that Margaret hadn't really been written about for a popular audience for a long, long time. And I felt that there was a good story there just waiting to be uncovered. So that was the inspiration for the book. And and really, um, I think in recent years, Margaret's attracted a lot of attention. Oh, yeah. She has, doesn't she? <laughs> She's quite controversial in some ways, a bit of a Marmite character. So that's one of the reasons that I really love talking about her because I always get a really mixed response and I yeah. love having the opportunity to try and... Try and bring people around to my way of thinking. <laughs> I, I like that, the, the Marmite. I think a lot of women in that, that era and certainly within this period are, are definitely considered Marmite characters. Yeah, they are, yeah. So would you, would you mind giving us a little taste of your talk today and letting us know who Margaret Beaufort was? Because I'm not, you know, as you said, she's only just coming back into popular history now. Yeah, absolutely. So Margaret Beaufort is best remembered as being the mother of Henry VII, but actually I think that there's so much more to her than that. And she was a really formidable woman who was full of life, full of zest, full of energy, had a lot to bring to the table. And actually um, many people are still benefiting from her legacies today. So I think she's a remarkable individual who had a huge monumental impact on British history. I certainly agree with that, and and she's really inspiring. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, I kind of want to look at you know her role in helping her son. You know, how instrumental was Margaret in helping Henry to the English throne? So it's one of those areas of Margaret's life, frustratingly, that is <laughs> <laughs> that is 
shrouded in a bit of mystery. We don't know for sure all of the details and the ins and outs, but we know that she was definitely working behind the scenes to help put him on the throne from 1483, I should say, because it is a bit yeah. of a myth <laughs> yeah. that she's, you know, she's been doing this his whole life. That isn't the case. Um, she sees an opportunity for him in 1483. And um, I mean, she, she lands herself in, in big trouble with Richard III when she ends up plotting against Richard for Henry's benefit and um, ends up having all of her lands, all of her property taken from her, um, could have actually lost her life. So very, very lucky for her that that didn't happen. So after that, you would think that that would have <laughs> stopped, stopped her from plotting. She'd have calmed down a bit, but she didn't. And we know that she was busy trying to drum up support in England for Henry's cause and that she was sending him money. But some of the particulars are perhaps a bit less clear. Yeah, and it's certainly a... It's certainly a tale that, you know, if you're going against Richard, who has a very different reputation depending on who you speak to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still quite a scary thing, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but after Henry defeats Richard and, and rises to the throne and becomes king, how does Margaret's life change then? Oh, it's transformed overnight. And I think that that's quite interesting because... Until that point, Henry and Margaret hadn't actually spent a lot of time together at all, but they have this really close bond, and that only strengthens when Henry becomes king. And Margaret immediately is given the power to act independently, which is unprecedented for the times when women were course, you know yeah. obedient <laughs> to their husbands they were they were forced to live by the rules that were set for them for their husbands so she becomes basically the the mistress of her own life and um you know she begins um, taking control of all of her own affairs. Um, she starts spending money, a lot of money, on, <laughs> on transforming her image as well. So it's, it's a huge, huge moment in her life. And it's, it's great to see. It's, it's almost uh, rags to riches at that point after yeah. everything's taken by Richard. But you know, clearly Margaret is a, an important figure for you personally. Uh, and I definitely agree with you. More people should know about Margaret. But what is one thing that you'd want people listening to this to come away knowing about Margaret? I think that I'd want them to know that she, there's more to her than people see in her portraits. Because people look at the portrait, it's of a little old lady later in her life. You know, actually, she was 66 by the time that she died. So that's old by yeah. contemporary yeah. standards, <laughs> but it's not old by modern standards. Um, and she was a woman who just loved colour. She loved jewels. She loved clothes. She loved wine. I can honestly imagine that if you'd gone round to Margaret's for the weekend, yeah. you'd have had a great time. Probably a terrible hangover afterwards yeah. as well. <laughs> so um, she loved entertaining and she was just full of life and enthusiasm for it. So that's what I would really like to showcase to people. Yeah. I, I, I love that. It shows Margaret as a, as a person. Not yeah, just, exactly. Not just some figure in someone else's life. I that's like it, that. yeah, yeah. Now I have a final fun question for you because we do this for questions. all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, what has been the most interesting fact, book, item or conversation that you've ever had at Gloucester History Festival? Oh, gosh. Um, let me think about that. That's a difficult one, actually. Um, well, it's my first year at the festival. Okay. Um, so, 
Oh, okay. So I'll tell you something that Roger, the gentleman who drove me over here this morning, told me, which was about the fact that the um, the wooden beams in the Blackfriars were donated by Henry III. And I think that that's just amazing. And actually, the fact that I'm going to be able to speak under that roof, hopefully it lasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, fascinating that we're still able to speak and be surrounded by so much history whilst at the festival. Oh, that's brilliant. And I'm glad it's first time for me, like, me and you as well. Oh, so great, we can together. enjoy it together, yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, people are going to want to grab a copy of your book and find you and interact with you online. So where can people find your book and you? Um, so they can find me on both Twitter and Instagram. So Twitter, I am at Nicholas Alice, and Instagram, I'm at Historia Nicola. And people can pick up my book from all good bookshops. Um, so it's in Waterstones, it's Amazon, and all independent stores. Oh, awesome. Thank you very much for coming on, Nicola. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs>